HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hi, and welcome to A Taste of the Past here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org, your half-hour journey through culinary history, and I'm your host, Linda Palaccio. Today, we're going to be talking about the history of pretzels. April 26th, I've heard, is National Pretzel Day. Who knew, right? A day devoted to the history of pretzels or to the celebration of pretzels and eating of pretzels. Um, And it's interesting because uh, there's so much folklore involved and surrounding the history of pretzels. We know they have been around for a long time. For all we know, maybe 1,400 years. But there's so little documentation and lots of stories that we can only go by what we hear. And what we're going to hear today is from someone who should know a little bit about the history, Hans Rockenwagner. Hans was born in Germany, and he is a chef, a restaurateur, uh, an entrepreneur, a baker, and he now has a the Rockenwagner Bakery Group, and pretzels are one of the large sellers at that bakery, I'm hearing. Um, maybe a chocolate pretzel? Who knows? And Hans is here to, to share with us some of the history that he knows of pretzels, but certainly to tell us how he makes a great pretzel. And all of his food has been very great. Hans, has, when he first started his restaurant in America, he had been cooking in Europe prior to that. But in 1984, he came to America and opened a restaurant in California called Restaurant Rockenwagner. And it rose to such critical acclaim that he earned the chef of Rising Chef of America by the James Beard Society and the 1994 Robert Mondavi Award for Culinary Excellence and one of the best restaurants in America in 2000 by Gourmet Magazine. So very wonderful honors indeed. And Hans, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you were able to join me today. Oh, thank you for having me. This is such an such a great subject, and I can't wait 
to share some stories with you. Great. Now, were you actually, are you actually from Bavaria? No, I'm from the southern part of Germany, right oh, the next southern. to the border of France and Switzerland. And, and uh, historically, they, they, those two regions always duped it out for who had the better pretzel. Uh. Was it the <laughs> Swabian pretzel or was it the Bavarian pretzel? Well, obviously the Swabian pretzel won because that's our pretzel. Ah, well, you know, it's <laughs> interesting because an America just adopted this pretzel back in the in the 1700s i guess really um obviously in pennsylvania with the pennsylvania dutch who were largely german right and today still 80 percent of the pretzels in america are made in pennsylvania i think that was that's quite uh phenomenal but tell me i know there is also and i, I titled the show tying the knot now so i'm glad you said you were near switzerland because i think that was that started as a swiss tradition or a Swiss saying? Well, there's, there's all kinds of different stories. So, so the, the first story has it that the pretzel actually resembles the uh, folded or crossed arms uh, holding the Christ child. So there's, there are lots of, uh, lots of religious Christian connotations surrounding the pretzel. Um, then there's another more sort of... Uh, uh, Another story in which a baker, a condemned, a condemned baker by the king, but the king liked his uh, baked goods so much that he gave him one more chance to redeem himself. Uh, if he could uh, come up with a baked good that uh, that was so delicious that he couldn't resist, and number two, it had to show the sun, it had to show sunlight in three places. So he came up with this pretzel shape and had it on a board ready to be baked when a cat ran through the bakery and the board tipped over and the pretzel fell into a lye bath that was used to clean up the bakery. Now he had no more time to uh, make a new one and he just baked it off and there was born the pretzel. When he presented it to the king, the king held it up against the sunlight and it came through in three places and he was pardoned. (laughs) <laughs> also, all and that also has the religious connotation of the Holy Trinity, right? The the three holes in the in the pretzel. Um, Correct. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's there's there, there it symbolizes. You know, the pretzel is used in so many different different ways to symbolize prosperity, peace, new beginnings, and even love. Uh, you know, in in southern Germany. Uh, New Year's Day is generally the biggest day for bakers because they have to make all these sweet pretzels, which are offered the first day of the year, uh, for good luck and fortune. Um, in, in, in Luxembourg, for instance, on the fourth day of Lent, boys give the girls pretzels, and there it is, the size of the pretzel that symbolizes how much he likes her. Um, so there, there's, there's so many different ways uh, that the pretzels are used to in, in, in mostly joyous uh, occasions, you know, for festivals, for for get, gatherings. Um, I, I also think that the pretzel symbolizes something of sharing because, you know, who can resi- can't resist breaking off a piece of a pretzel and sharing it with someone else? Yeah, especially if someone gives you a very large pretzel, <laughs> and they are very <laughs> usually the soft pretzels are quite large. Well, there was also that the um, you mentioned the. Um, the crossing of the arms, symbolizing um, and holding the the Christ child, and that that if you take a look at some of the pictures um, uh, of pretzel boxes, maybe they show a monk with his arms crossed, and um, 
there was another tale that little scraps of dough were baked by a monk or a teacher, or we don't know, and given to the students as little gifts or little pretioli. Um, that would be an Italian monk, <laughs> pretioli being an Italian word. Um, and that, so the name, so the, the derivation of the name pretzel, that has a lot of, a lot of tales too, right? I mean, whether it's, whether it was from pretzioli pretzel or from the braccioli, the arms being crossed, which would be pretzel. Is it often referred to, is it bretzel in German? Well, in German, it's a, a, depending on what area you are, it's a pretzel with a P or the pretzel with a B. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bavaria has the pretzel with a B or pretzel. Um, mm. Even there, there are so many different names for it. Um, yeah. Uh, look, we've, we've, what we've done at Rock and Wagner Bakery, we've come up with a lot of our own pretzel traditions. Um, for, for instance, in, in, uh, in 1989, uh, we were sitting around, we were making, making our first pretzels, and uh, we were having lunch with the chef, and there were a couple of pretzels, and I said, hey, this would, be, this would be fun to make a burger out of it. So we started making pretzel burgers in 1989. When I was going to ask, I was actually going to ask you about that when, when we talked about some of the modern iterations. So 1989, you were making the, the pretzel bun, huh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because there's one pretzel bun, which is a knot, um, and it's literally a string that's double knotted and then baked off, and it makes one delicious, delicious bun. And we had that sitting around during lunch while we were were drawing up menus and stuff, and and I just said to one of the chefs, hey, just put a burger on this, and, and... there was born, I believe, the first pretzel burger. I, I like to claim that as my own. <laughs> well, I'll give it to you <laughs> for, all, for all that's worth. Um, you know, it, you, and you bring up an interesting point that um, it's baked many different ways um, and that it's delicious. We, you talked about um, uh, the religious connotations. It, it was for a long time, and maybe still is, I don't know, um, a very common or, or like the food to eat on Good Friday, and it was an acceptable Lenten food to eat because there were no eggs in the dough. Um, Yeah, it was an an unleavened dough, and it had no dairy or eggs. So it was acceptable. Uh, it could be it could be consumed during Lent. Interesting. And uh, the, um, and by, well, by and large, all the pretzels were made by hand, were they not? I mean... Well, yeah, even yeah, even now we produce all of our pretzels by hand. It's a it's a time consuming um, uh, uh, work because the dough is very very elastic and it it stretches back to its original shape. Uh, uh, so basically, what you start out with is with a ball of dough, and then between your tabletop, a, a butcher block tabletop, and your at the palms of your hands. You roll it back and forth into a string. Uh, the, prefer- the preferred way is by having sort of a thick belly and very thin ends. Mm. Uh, and this, this has to be done several times because um, the gluten in the dough will want to stretch back. So what you do is you start with a ball, you, you stretch it, you let it sit to relax the dough. Then you get back to it again after a few minutes and stretch it a little more. You let it rest again, and then the final stretch comes 
and after which then it is braided into a pretzel. All right. Well, now I know the dough is is very delicious. There's a particular restaurant my husband and I go to, and and in the bread basket there's always pretzel bread, and he dives right in for that. And he said, oh, it's my favorite, it's my favorite. It tastes so good. I'm thinking, oh, well, it's just because there's a little sprinkling of salt on top that you like it. He said, no, no, it tastes different, it's good. So what is in the dough? What? How does it differ from, let's say, a, um, you know, a, a, any other kind of roll or dough, bread? Yeah. The, the original pretzel dough always has a little bit, for lack of a better word, fat in it. Uh-huh. Uh, whether or not that is butter uh, I mean, I, I think the best version is with butter. Sometimes margarine is used and sometimes even lard. I think way back they used lard in it. Um, so that gives it the elasticity and, and uh, the chewiness. What I really love about a pretzel is it has a distinct burstiness. It has a distinct burstiness flavor, which comes from the lye bath. And this is literally lye, which is, uh, is acidic. Um, but what happens is when you, so when you, after you make, make shape and proof the pretzel, you dip it into a lye bath and, and the lye concentration cannot be more than 6%. Um, after which it gets baked and in the baking process, the lye gets neutralized. So there's no more acidity or anything. But it, it's the light bath that gives us the sheen and the color and the earthiness of the flavor that we like so much of the pretzel. Mm-hmm. Now, is, are any of the pretzels um, treated to uh, boiling prior to baking? We, we don't do that. There are certain areas that do boil their pretzels. They're very similar to a bagel. Right. And that gives but, it the shiny uh, crust too, right? And that would give it a shiny crust more or less too? Not like a uh, light bath. It's more, I think it's more sort of the, what, what it does, it's more, uh, it's more part of the chewiness of it. Uh-huh. And then baked off. And that's, and what, a, and how, how, is it the lye that gives it such, sometimes such a dark crust? Yes, yes. It's the, the lye gives it the, the crust, the dark color, and the flavor. Mm. It's a very sort of minerally flavor, earthiness. Uh, sometimes I even I, I even like liken it to like a good wine where you sort of taste the terroir of where it's uh, where the product is from, uh, and I, I even think sometimes I can taste the soil that comes through the product. It sounds weird, but uh, but that's just something that I get out of it. <laughs> and um, what's I, one one big question I had is um, long ago, probably back in the 1600s, um, supposedly, uh, the hard pretzels were born. And up, up until this time, everyone is eating a soft bread pretzel, but then a hard pretzel came to be. And, of course, there's all kinds of folklore and stories about that as well. Um, but what? So what's the difference between the hard pretzels we know and, um, and a regular bread soft pretzel? Um, I, I, I love eating hard pretzels, but we don't make hard pretzels. We, we're in the soft pretzel business. It's a very different dough. Um, I think there's no le- very little leavening in, in a hard pretzel. I think it makes a great snack. Uh, but really, the, to me, the, the real thing is a soft pretzel. Mm-hmm. So I, I, think, I think that was just, uh, I think it was invented to really share it with, 
the masses where it could actually be bagged and, and sold in quantities in, in, uh, throughout the country. Long shelf life, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and there are stories that, of course, uh, you know, a baker accidentally fell asleep somewhere in Pennsylvania and and, and uh, you know burnt the pretzel or cooked it too much until it was crispy. Well, of course, then Pennsylvania has all its its pretzel companies, as you said, the bagged pretzels. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. Which you know is not shabby. I mean, it's a it's it it's like a. Um, multi-million, like $200 million or more. Well, actually, even there's lore surrounding that, too, whether it's $550 million. I think it's as high as a half a billion. Half a billion dollars a year sold in pretzels, second only to potato chips, right? Yeah. As a snack. So, I mean, it's even though, as you said, well, in a bakery, of course, you make the soft pretzels, but the hard pretzel is something to, you have to recognize it because it's such a, a... a huge industry, um, particularly. Oh, absolutely, in and I think uh, I think the flavor profile is very much the same. You know, the flavor profile still comes from the lie that 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 uh, hard pretzels are are dipped in. You know, so the pla- flavor pro- profile is very much the same, and it makes a great snack. I'm not uh, I'm I'm not poo pooing the product at all. I right. think it's a great product. It's just something that. We we don't do at Brock and Regan Bakery, but uh, we've looked into it. But uh, you know the, uh, the the drying out or the hardening of the product, uh, it, it, the the initial uh, uh, hardening of the product is very easy. What is very difficult to achieve is the long longevity. Right. Um, of, of making it uh, shelf stable. Well, of course, and, and of course, these mass yeah. producers—they've got machines that you know it's not handmade anymore. It's a it's a machine that pumps out these pretzels. I mean, it wouldn't be a, a viable business if they didn't have a machine that could really make that many. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the it's artisanal factor has been... <laughs> yeah, the artisanal factor has definitely been taken out. <laughs> and, it's a, and, and, it, and I think it's, it is. It's a, it's a vehicle for salt, you know, for the salty snack. And, and so it lost something in the translation, but yet people love it. Uh, hey, you can't, yes. you can't fight with a half a billion dollars, right? <laughs> it's, no, they're, no. They're loving it. But... But it's interesting because the, um, as I said before, the artisanal pretzel, much like what you're making at, um, exactly what you're making at your bakeries, it, the soft pretzel and in its different iterations is really making such a comeback. I think you have, have been instrumental in its re- renaissance. And um, certainly New Yorkers would like to claim that they, you know, that they hold um, hold stock in, in the soft pretzel and having sales pretzel salesmen on every corner. But um, I think that you have done a lot to to help promote this too. And I want well, to. Well, it's it's I I think what it has made it it's it's come up as part of the artisanal movement. You know, a fresh a fresh soft pretzel is made by hand, so there's definitely an, an artisanal aspect to it that we're seeking out now because it differentiates. Uh, these products so much from the from the mass-produced model product out there. Mm, indeed, indeed. Well, we're going to talk more about your bakery and some of the items that you make a la pretzel shape when we come back after a short break. Thank you. About a young man and his lady friend. 
today's music is Like You Mean It by the California Honey Drops on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. She said, if you want it, go out and get it. If you love it, hold on to it. But don't you keep it just because you think you need it now. But if you do it, today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Washed rind cheeses are a fairly recent addition to the repertoires of artisanal cheesemakers in the United States. These cheeses tend to be stinkier than other types and are often high on the list of connoisseurs. Now, Whole Foods Market has come up with one of their own. The raw cow's milk cheese made by Sprout Creek Farm in Poughkeepsie, New York, is washed with six-point ale from Red Hook, Brooklyn. The beige sticky rind deepens in color as it ages. The satiny ivory cheese within is mellow with a sweetly tangy bite and a grassy aroma. The current version features six-point diesel, which is in limited supply, so stop by and pick up some before it's gone. And point-of-origin cheese is sold exclusively at Whole Foods Market in New York, northern New Jersey, and Connecticut. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Hi, we're back on A Taste of the Past talking about pretzels with Hans Rockenwagner and what would Oktoberfest be without pretzels? And, you know, some people, um, particularly in Switzerland, will not get married unless they have a pretzel to the, with the spouses, the husband and wife, tear apart a pretzel, and that is the tying of, well, it's untying of the knot, but I guess, I guess that sort of symbolizes the tying of the knot. Um, I'm, as I said, I'm talking with Hans Rockenwagner from California, and he's got the Rockenwagner Bakery Group. And, Hans, I said, oh, yes, indeed, we were talking about um, New Yorkers loving their pretzels from the street vendors. But, you know, it's interesting because I had read that um, pretzels were one of the earliest things sold in streets, push carts in Europe and in America um, from probably the mid-1400s. Do you think the holes, we were talking about the meaning of the holes and they had all kinds of religious meaning. Maybe it was just so they could be put on a stick and they were easier to carry? You think it was just because of uh, convenience reasons, so, so they could be stacked and hung and and uh, displayed in many different ways. Who knows? You know um, I I I could buy into that one as well, but I do think that first came the shape and then came the uh, uh, the application. Let's put it that way. Uh, sounds good to me. <laughs> okay, uh, and uh, the. You you say that you have many different types of, of pretzels that you're making at your bakeries, and I read that you have different flavored ones or different seeds on them or different things, but I also read that you have come out with a chocolate-covered pretzel, a soft bread well, chocolate-covered pretzel. There's actually several things we do with uh, chocolate and pretzel because, again, now these days people are really seeking out products that have uh, uh, salty and sweet uh, at the same time. And what what would signify that better than a salty pretzel with the nice sweet sweet chocolate? We make these tiny little uh, uh, we make these tiny little pretzel baguettes, and after they cool down, we slice them open, uh, butterfly style, and and pipe in a delicious chocolate ganache. The chocolate ganache is uh, simply um, uh, chocolate with uh, with 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 uh, with heavy cream, mm. and, and do you ha- does it have pipe a sp- that in there? Uh-huh. And it all it's almost like an eclair, pretzel eclair. Do you have a special name for it? Uh, we yeah, we call it the chocolate, the chocolate, uh, the mini chocolate baguette. 
pretzel baguette. Pretzel baguette. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you got to do better than that. You got to compete with Dominique Ansel's Krona, right? <laughs> You got to come up with some good name for it. That sounds absolutely delicious and decadent. I might add, <laughs> sounds terrific. Um, and we've also made a a, a chocolate bread pudding um, because obviously we have a lot of leftover uh, pretzels at certain days, and we we decided to uh, to make a chocolate bread pudding, which has has gotten to be very popular. Oh, I'll bet. I mean, that's what what could be better than that? And they get that little saltiness in it, and again, you know, with the, from the pretzels. Um, and I was I was looking over some of the um, other types of flavors all over the world. I mean, there are, of course, we think of um, the big soft pretzels and mustard. I mean, that's that was you know pretzels and mustard. That was something that always went together. Especially, I think that from you know. Uh, the German Oktoberfest and, and eating the pretzels and and uh, but now, as you say, dipped in chocolate. Of course, you see the hard pretzels dipped in yogurt and chocolate all the time. But um, a lot of soft pretzels served with uh, cheese, soft cheeses, and yes. nuts and seeds and and glazes. Um, yes, I think actually, do you know what the uh, the, uh, the the custom of doing. Uh, Mustard with pretzel is very much an American thing. Oh, really? It's not so much a, it's not so much a German or European thing that I have found. The, the 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 most common way for Germans to eat a pretzel is with some really good fresh butter. And so what you do is you either you either have have the soft butter and you just dip the pretzel in the butter, or you <clears throat> excuse me you literally slice the uh, the pretzel open and spread it with a nice thick layer of butter. You cover it up again with the other piece, and you eat it like that, and it is delicious. It is a combination that it's one of those combinations that stick in your mind and you won't forget. You don't have to convince me. It sounds terrific. <laughs> you know, I read some, um, You oh, you mentioned uh, sweet pretzels that were made on New Year's Day, um, and, and they were given to sweethearts. You know, the larger the the larger the pretzel, yes. the more the love. What about the tradition? Is there? Do you know anything about the tradition? Supposedly on New Year's Day of, of um, children wearing them, perhaps strung around their neck. Um, I've I've heard it and I've seen it, but it's not part of the region where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And I just I heard mention of it. I don't very know. Very often in festivals like beer fests and and things like that. Um, uh, the kids would walk around with a string around their neck and a pretzel hanging from it. And you would see little nibbles taken out of the pretzel uh, as the day went on. But the pretzel still had its shape, sort of. <laughs> That's always a funny picture. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's like, who can finish the pretzel around their neck first, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I would love it. Well, I, I really have to say that um, it's... I don't know when and why or how the this um, recognition day started. Do you know anything about this recognition day and and of? You know, I think it, what happened is uh, in in uh, in Pennsylvania. It's it's so it's so part of their culture and their their identity in in Pennsylvania that they decided to to do this. I think it's a great idea. You know, let's hope it catches on. So and, why not? Uh, <laughs> People will recognize it more and more. That's true. It'll Why become not? a national holiday. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> and the twenty sixth of April. I don't really want, know why that 
is in particular. I mean, is it always in April? Do we know? Or is this in how long it's been going on? I'm going to have to do a little sleuthing on that one, right? And find out. <laughs> well, yeah, Chef, yeah. Chef Hans, thank you so much for joining me today. It's, it's really um, uh, has been a treat, but the real treat is to come into your bakery and try that chocolate pretzel baguette. That, that is something that's on my bucket list, let's put it that way. <laughs> and and uh, good luck to you and all the, uh, the pretzel making at your bakeries. And thanks again for sharing any history that we have on the pretzel. It's still kind of a fair game for, for open um, uh, discovery. And, and I have a good time with all the folklore that's out there about it because what a fun thing to talk about a pretzel. The definitive, the definitive story has not been written yet. I that's guess. right. That's right. That's right. Thanks again for joining me. And thank you for listening. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio, and this has been A Taste of the Past. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>